When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's another Friday on the Radical Retro Rewind podcast, and another Friday the 13th. We made it all the way to number nine. Rob is back in as co-host, and we are ready to (sighs) talk (laughs) Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, question mark. Hi, everyone. I'm back. I missed the last two episodes. How did it go? Rob, it was so much better than what we have today. Well, okay, that's a strong opinion. (laughs) There was Tina who brought that psychic energy, and then there was Manhattan and Jason turning into a child and then washing out in the sewer. And then here we are. Jason got washed into the sewer. He went into the ocean, and he's back at Camp Crystal Lake. (laughs) Well, just like we did in the Crush episode, Ryan and I decided to watch this film together again. So we did another live viewing of Jason Goes to Hell, and we immediately started recording. So you are hearing very accurate and hot take on this film. We didn't have much time to think about it, but here we are once again. (laughs) And confusion. Don't forget confusion, because honestly, Rob, I'm confused about a lot of things. So a little backstory. I'm joining Ryan on this one because I've seen this movie before, and as I didn't mind the film when I watched it back in the day, I I felt that this deserved a rewatch because I'm older and wiser now. 
And I, there's going to be a very big difference as far as experience, because I actually yeah. was one of the few who saw this film in theaters when it released. And oh, my God. August 13th of 1993. Yes, 93. So, yeah, I maybe. Yeah, I was in middle school, I believe. So I got into this. I saw it with a friend of mine and the theater was packed. It was sold out. And yeah, this was insane <laughs> let me tell you the theater and the responses the the laughter the applause there was tons of activity going on in this crazy jason movie but now i got to focus watch it and now we have some stuff to say did you think that the crowd energy do you think that actually benefited the movie for you because it sounds like there was a hoot and a half happening at that theater and maybe it was just like the crowd's energy that got the movie going it was definitely crowd's energy and you know the movie is very silly and it definitely took a very weird turn from what we expected to see in a jason film and so i think after a while you just kind of have to have fun with it and then you know back in the day you know i'm in middle school i'm just like barely a teen and you know i'm seeing this adult rated r movie and i'm in my atmosphere i love going to the movies and so yeah i was just having fun yeah, i could see that and just seeing all the deaths and the weirdness and all these things that was going on it was gross you know there there was a lot of stuff going on i'll talk about this experience as we go on i shouldn't have anything to say right rob because i famously love part five it is slash was my favorite Friday. I'm still, the verdict is out until the end of this. I shouldn't really give this such a bad hate as I do, but if people like Par 5 like myself, there must be Jason Goes to Hell fans out there, but... I gotta tell you, I think it's just because it's so far removed from the entire series up to this point. And I gotta give it to the, I guess, maybe the, the director, the writer. I like that they did try something different. But to me, Rob, I mean, we'll get into it. But to me, it is too far removed from the mythos. At the same time as trying to build on it, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> So we're at Jason Goes to Hell. This is part nine. And you already watched the ridiculousness of a Manhattan. Ah! Should they have kept going? Like, was there story to tell? Did you want more Jason? Did you want more foolery of him just killing people? Like, where did you think, not necessarily where did you think they were going to go, but like, did you really expect something of substantial after Manhattan? Because they really did whatever they wanted to in that one. So... <laughs> I mean, yeah, what, did you want another one or did you want them to stop? I would have took another one probably more in the vein of Manhattan. Now, that does come with a whole lot of baggage itself. But at the same time, it has more of the genetic makeup of a Friday the 13th movie at that point, I feel like. Okay, that was kind of my follow-up, is that did Manhattan even follow the Jason, you know, format that you spoke of earlier? Right, so we get the cruise ship of love. We get the cruise ship, and then we get Manhattan, what, for 10 minutes at the end so it should never have been takes manhattan but clearly it was a marketing thing yeah let's also talk about the shenanigans and the freaking misleading first of all he doesn't take manhattan next we've got jason goes to hell and you look at the cover art and it's this wormy demon looking 
thing. And we're like, what in the hell does that have to do with Jason? Then you are presented with this amazing silver plated metal yeah, mask. It's a great mask. And I'm like, is this a mask we're going to see in this next one? Because hell yes, take my money. Did we get a silver mask, Ryan? Rob, not only did we not get a silver mask, we got like a frumpy hair growing Jason. Like he's got some kind of like straw hair going on. I'm looking at him right now. Is he not kind of like frumpy and he's definitely gained a few pounds, you know, like <laughs> life has been hard since reanimation. Apparently. Would you have preferred this idea for idea? <laughs> E-R. Would you have preferred this idea for a part nine? Jason takes LA where two rival gangs would have to come together and fight Jason after being attacked by him. This was the original idea. You're kidding. I love it. And I think so that would have been amazing. I'm going to be a little torn on this because I think the back in 93, there would have been a heavy, heavy stereotype on gang related drama and the casting would have been downright like embarrassing if not insulting definitely stereotypical i don't think it really needed to be gangs really i mean unless you're gonna give them like a heart of gold maybe they want out of the game are they just protecting their turf now attack the block did this with a group of kids who were protecting their own turf their block their neighborhood that makes more of sense that's a community building like gang right there right obviously these kids in the movie are a little mischievous but when you put like two gangs on this like rival crime syndicate thing, it, like it's it's kind of bullshit that they would like band together and like try and kill Jason, but still be tearing their community apart. Like you're not really going to get into the actual story, which is these gangs shouldn't be fighting each other to begin with. Right. It's a recipe for disaster. And technically like Leprechaun in the Hood kind of did a little stuff like that. So no, I would not have wanted that. I am very glad that they changed it. So yeah, I do no, I prefer what we just got. But Jason brought the town together. <laughs> he unified those two gangs. They became one, and then they became guardian angels on the street. Or <laughs> So what we did get, Rob... <sighs> Okay, so we start off with a mystery, right? There's this woman. She's going to Camp Crystal Lake. We don't know why she's there. She's putting in new light bulbs. And the first thing she does is decides to take a shower in this freaking place. This is turns out to be a sting operation. Were you surprised when you first saw this in the theaters and did you love this agent keeping that towel on doing flips at the last thing she like jumps over like flips i feel like a ninja over a bush at the end and then jumps to where the police are and like those lights go on when you when you go to quantico for training for the fbi (laughs) this is one of the things that they teach you they teach you how to wrap a towel firmly across your body without it slipping out i'm telling you right now that's what they do in Quantico. <laughs> I looked it up. I looked it up. That's what they do. Well, clearly this agent was amazing. She kept the towel on the whole time, ran barefoot, and outran Jason. So, you know, watching it back then, I don't have clear memory as to what I was thinking when all of this was happening. I mean, it seemed like a very like cliche setup for Jason film. Somebody's naked on screen. She's alone, vulnerable, and then Jason comes to hack her up. Whatever this cabin was, I don't know where it was or whatever. I didn't get it. But watching it now, I definitely appreciate 
this beginning and it is a little cheesy but at the same time we are now sort of in this realistic view of what it would be like in part nine like i'm sorry you can't have these many mass murders happening in the same area and still not believe that jason is real or dead or undead or whatever like this is clear that everyone knows who Jason is. Everyone is either capitalizing on the myth and, and using it as a cash cow, or there are people out there really buckling down to hunt this man. I mean, it's it's none of this, oh, he isn't or he is dead. It's like, we know he's alive. We need to catch this fucker and we know how to do it. Like they've studied him. They figured out his weakness and they planted the bait and it worked. My thing was, is that is Jason really good at hiding? Because why did they have to go through such theatrics to bring him out like go like get him like i it's, i guess they don't know exactly where he is but like it's just funny that it took all of these steps to bring one man out into the clear it awakens him just the woman stepping foot it actually is drop it says here in the synopsis it's camp crystal lake and she takes a quick bath and it's agent elizabeth marcus it, i did someone i assume it's just the act of the person going into the shower awakens jason and he just is like he gets teleported to the area much like the video game like wait wait what what am i doing here oh someone's here you're right there's no explanation but rob they blow this man to pieces i say the pieces but then the next scene it's basically like arms head it's a complete body basically but just yeah separated uh <laughs> but yeah i i again just appreciate the fact that this this state isn't isn't playing anymore like they're for real now they know they have to do something and they are putting the government dollars and the tax dollars to do it so i appreciate it finally jason is out in the open and we know who he is that's what i like and then you know and then sort of this methos happens so he gets blown up i want to say i felt like jason grunted a lot in the beginning of this and we don't get a talk i mean later on we get jason talking again but this is again a difference we never get a like a frankenstein jason i heard this is one of maybe two times in the franchise where he actually talks i don't know if the officer later is the other time that he talks i i'm trying to think if he did but most of it was either whimper or just some like desperation sounds or anything like that but that's pretty much what we get out of him so it's a little weird i don't know if they messed up later in the movie but apparently he didn't talk to people struck from canon as i always say yeah jason goes to hell struck from canon so this sets up like rob said they know about jason he's supposedly murdered but we find a mysterious man is watching and he is distrustful of their victory this turns out to be a um, bounty hunter bounty hunter named Creighton Duke. He's not as much in this movie as I thought he was. From Yeah, you thought he was like front and center playing the role or whatever. Yeah. No, I remember him exactly how he is. He is the sort of like assistant, you know, like sacrificial lamb savior to the white characters to save the day. That, you know, he provides the information, he provides the assist, and then once he's done his job, they kill him. So he brings the mythical dagger, which transforms into a sword later, much like the Sword of Omens from Thundercats, mysteriously. And he has a few scenes. He has the beginning where he realizes Jason's not dead. We get this prison scene where he's breaking fingers and then we get that ending, right? Yeah, so he is not in this at all. 
Rob, we get Jason's body brought to the morgue. And like you said, when we were watching this, what is with coroners drinking, eating? It's like every movie, they just have to say, it's nothing for these people. (laughs) It's a day of work looking at bodies and cutting them open. Any horror fans out there will notice a trend. Anytime there is a coroner working on a body, they always are eating. It's always during lunch or it's always like... This is the time. This is the best time for me to eat a sandwich, drink soda. You know, like they're always eating. I don't know if it just adds to the gross effect of it all. But these coroners are obviously around dead bodies all the time. So, you know, they're used to being around the smell and all of that. Right. So they can't let that destroy their appetite. I just love how they make it into the script that they must be eating at the same time. It's just I wonder if it's just an inside joke between filmmakers that these guys have to keep eating. They've done it in this franchise too what number four i believe the the man is eating in that too he has sandwich he puts the sandwich on top of jason now that was even worse this guy just was drinking a coke arachnophobia the coroner in that movie ate all the time while he was dealing with bodies yeah it it happens that's what they do i even want to say like the coroner from return of the living dead the first one i think he's eating as well (laughs) so we get that and this is where rob okay i'll accept the sting operation i'll accept everything leading to this because we got the cabin but my god jason's still beating black heart (laughs) black blood in this heart and the coroner freaking eats this heart and it's so disgusting because he just inhales it it's really gross it's really gross so this is the beginning of the the end (laughs) well it's the introduction to this explanation as to what jason is and how he operates and what is keeping him alive i guess uh which is not explained after the movie's over but it it introduces the idea and the theory as to what's been going on this whole time so before we get into that let's just talk about that before the body was examined it crosses paths with the coroner's like sort of office bodyguards which gives us our cameo of real life gentleman kane hodder with a full head of curly hair. I couldn't believe it. Now, Ryan, you recognized him first, so good eye on that. The other guy looked like Oscar Isaacs. I'm sure it wasn't him, but I swear to you, it looks like a young Oscar Isaacs to me. But it was so cool to see Kane Hodder. He played the cameo perfectly, had just enough screen time to be recognized and do his thing outside of the mask. And what is that with the lead guy in this movie? Because he comes at some point. Is it Steven? Yeah, Steven. Jessica's former husband. Oh, he's the former husband. So Steven comes at one point, and I don't know if it's because I was watching the unrated cut. Like, Rob and I had two different cuts on, and we were trying to time it well. But at one point, when he goes to see the coroner, this Kane Hodder, and the uh, other guy, he checks in, and, like, Kane slaps his ass at one point. And the version I saw, it was like, does Steven know a lot of policemen, evidently? Because he just seems to be friendly with every police character in this movie. Apparently. Apparently, that's what it is. But with this coroner who's examining the body, he's suddenly very hypnotic over the heart that just starts beating on its own, right? And hearts don't do that. So he's like, what's going on? But then he just starts getting like this small headache or this huge infatuation. You know, he's breathing heavily and then all of a sudden he takes the heart and eats it whole. Like he's just chewing and gnawed on it and then he just starts yelling in agony as whatever he just ate is working through his body. So I read this report 
reports say that from the set indicated that he was so disgusted by the prop heart that he nearly threw up on set during the take, right? Once Jason is fully settled in, you know, Phil, Phil is the actor. He stops munching on the heart and black sludge. In reality is fruit cocktail mixed with black dye. Okay, okay. But it was probably the idea of it that the guy was like, oh my God, I'm eating this. And it looked gnarly. It looked gnarly. Yeah, I was very curious what it actually was. But yeah, fruit cocktail, black dye, that's what he did. Again, we still don't know everything that's going on at the point of this movie, but this is how Jason continues to live on. This man now holds Jason in his body. He is now the new host and Jason lives on, right? And so now for a while, we're going to see this gentleman go out and start killing people. And Jason's reflection in a mirror, though. Yeah. So he's there. So now that brings more of this supernatural element to it because apparently mirrors can't lie. And whatever thing that is happening with this possession does not it has its weaknesses it has its flaws and you cannot be fooled by mirrors so in the mirror you see his true essence just true image and i'm like while it's interesting this this idea came too late it's just too late in the series to be putting so much effort into his backstory this should have been explained a long time ago and at that point yes exactly yes it should have been explained a long time ago and why now if they intend Intended this to be the final, actual final one. They're like, they really must have thought this was going to be the shit. I don't know. But I also love the fact that, like, Jason also has, like, a sensitive soul because the minute the bodyguards call him a fucker and an asshole, he gets pissed off and turns around and kills them. So apparently he was going to walk out peacefully and not touch them, but because they talk shit about Jason, then he has to turn around. I'm like, you're going to let that distract you you're gonna let that get to you like i thought you had like a hard exterior jason no he's he's hard on the outside but inside he's still that, he's that little, little boy. boy i know he's still that little boy I know. so this happens jason does the possession with a spinning shot that continues far too long of over this corner spinning 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 magic balls of light magic balls of light entering him coming from the corpse into the new jason to me this is too charmed <laughs> we're always talking about charmed here rob's charmed podcast brunch with the hollowells but this is a charmed effect this is not a friday the 13th effect in any means i know this is all different but these balls of light energy that no so cheesy to me so didn't like the special effects okay oh my god i mean the the disgusting like blood physical effects look fantastic in this movie it definitely did yeah i would agree with that so where do we go from here we get to what we think is gonna be our main character again but nope this is halloween 2.0 ripoff Oh, guess what? Jason's got a sister. All right, it's a half-sister. So it's not Laurie Strode. Or Jason's got a niece now, Halloween 5. Like, no. Why did we need this? Why? With that being said, Ryan, let's just get into what this movie is. Basically, being the final Friday, how do you kill Jason? What is the best and only way that this needs to happen? And Creighton Duke knows the answer. We don't get an explanation how he found this out. But Jason apparently needs to be killed 
by a blood relative and Jason is also in the search of a blood relative to officially be reborn. Conveniently. <laughs> so apparently Jason's body clearly blew up. He doesn't have it anymore. He wants his body back. So now the only way to do that is for Jason to sort of possess a blood relative. And until he can get to them, he has to continuously pass his essence or his worm demon or whatever into multiple people as each time he takes over a body it wears out and it's not as strong and you know the only way he can do that is by a blood relative now a blood relative also needs to kill him and it has to be done with a very specific athame and this is what Ryan was referring to earlier when the appropriate person touches the athame it turns into this sword a la He-Man completely different sword it's like a little yes Rob said athame it is not the same now there (laughs) at all Now, there is a name for it, and I'm sorry, I didn't write it down, but it is tied to the Evil Dead series. This says the magic dagger. This is what they're calling it, the magic dagger in this, but... (laughs) So, basically, there's been lots and lots of theories and and sort of like, not even theories, but just more facts, especially from the director, um, Adam Marcus, who says that Jason is considered a deadite. Now, a deadite is a being or entity that is from the evil dead series now i have heard this before but i thought these were all theories because of the fact that jason was a zombie and he can't be killed and it's sort of in the same vein but there's literal proof that was given to us and jason goes to hell there was literal proof given to us that i didn't remember until today there is a scene where one of the characters are kind of going through the house looking for proof and i think yeah he's looking for proof on how to convince this blood relative that jason is alive and after them he finds a book laying on a counter and it's necromonicon or something like that isn't that what it's called he finds the necromonicon book sitting on a counter he even opens it up goes through pages it's the literal you know book cover that you see from the evil dead series and the dagger is called kandarian oh there you go the kandarian dagger so all of this has to do with evil dead which puts them in the same universe groovy while they can't say the official names and they can't mention evil dead or ash or anything like that this is heavily implied that adam marcus purposely wanted these two franchises to connect and to explain jason's sort of reason for being alive i just want to read one one little quote that I got from the director, uh, co-writer Dean Laurie and I thought everything had to come from a place of logic. In the first movie, Jason is a little boy, 30 years dead and trapped at the bottom of a lake. By part two, it's only two weeks later and this kid has grown two feet <laughs> in height. That's the logic that <laughs> yeah. he had to build on when making this movie. So then he continues by digging into this whole Evil Dead connection and he even went to the evil dead sam raimi and said hey i want to borrow the literal book from your movie and put it in mine i will not mention anything because of copywriting and all of that stuff but i'm setting up a mythology that jason's mom wanted her son back so badly that she made a deal with darkness i did not know this i think this is actually pretty interesting but it's not really laid out in this movie that sounds like a 
better story than what they gave us. If they would have just said that he was resurrected because Pam did this, eliminated So I guess when things, she did this, up. him laying in the bottom of the ocean and then growing two feet now makes sense for him growing because technically he was quote-unquote alive but undead so there he could still grow that basically explains it now for this movie to be kind of horrible it actually comes with a lot of like very interesting points that this franchise could have created it just to me it just came too late but i find all of this to be really interesting i just wish they dove into that instead of just doing this runaround body snatching process that they did in this movie as well okay so going f- what you're what you're saying i like the ideas i i understand that this director really was trying to do something and it makes sense like he said how did he go from drowning to a kid to an adult in the next one and rob actually Actually, one of the things I found said it actually might explain Roy Burns from our part five as being possessed as well by Jason's spirit. It was a paramedic from part five. They're saying possibly Jason possessed him as well. Now that to me is stretching it a little too thin I because prefer, we didn't see I no worms coming story. out of anybody. I'm sticking to that. That Yeah, I'm not even going to go there. But it, it's a little weird though that he was very laid dormant in part six and then you know lightning brought him to life was was he always a deadite at that that. point too does that explain why he was indestructible in the first four movies i'm trying to figure out the timeline when he became a deadite but i'm sure it's it's definite i mean if we're gonna go with the pamela thing he clearly was that the whole time but was laid to rest until part six and then lightning brought him up so well that's the thing rob so how does this work at all because we know one tommy jarvis killed jason originally jason was dead i mean jason so was like crying corpse as this is saw. jason 20 years later this is this is the J- J2O of the franchise. Fuck all the middle stuff. (laughs) And this is from part two to part Jason Goes to Hell. That works more. But honestly, I'd rather just get rid of this one film and keep... (laughs) The eight prior to this. It's so much easier that way. Okay, and Rob, I have a question for you as well. If it had not been all of this, because to me there's too much going on. The body swapping, the essence with the energy balls, the worm. If it was just the essence because he ate the heart, they made it five different things. He ate the heart. It was the heart. But then there's a worm that sometimes goes in. But then there's energy that if it was just him possessing the body and going into the next person, I would have accepted it better that that inside there is a worm demon that came out of Jason. Like that to me, it's like it goes from this to this. Boom. I think the so worm th- is where it so really I think pushes they wanted it over it to edge. be sort of a surprise that it wasn't just like goo or essence being flowed body to body that this whole time a worm has been traveling from one body to another. And I think they wanted to kind of give us that surprise once it like crawled out of that officer towards the end. So was it in the heart though? Like no. was it the so heart? I'm thinking, was it the so energy you ball? Put it in a way of like venom where the blood sort of created that worm like demon in mm. his body. I don't think there's like one and only. I think one might have been resurrected and oh, created okay. along with like the organs in his body. Or whatever. I'm just speaking out of my ass. I don't know. No, you always come up with great answers for these. So it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not the hell exact baby, worm the that way. was in Jason's body. It's it's literally created from the blood, and you know that that's all that I can say about that. But 
aside from Steven and, and the half-sisters, this this lineage of Voorhees, apparently from the father's side, right? The father went ahead, had another child. Her name was Diana, direct half-sister to Jason. And then she has a daughter, Jessica. And then Jessica also has a little girl. So... Jason needs at least one of those three women in order to be resurrected, and they are the final girls of this movie. Aside from them, we got a whole slew of characters, some being at this diner called Joey B's. And we were introduced to a very, yes. <laughs> you know, small, intimate-centric characters. What did you think about, like, the cast and, and the characters of this film? I feel like the diner characters actually fit in with the Friday franchise. The only tongue-in-cheek part i'll say that i give this movie any credit i love the jason is dead two for one burger special i love that the restaurant was hockey mask patties that they were making and jason fingers instead of french fries morbid yes but the the female character reminds me that she would have been in one of these friday movies i feel like for some reason almost from our he's hurting me ma kind of woman to the woman in part uh five i want to say who there's she just these characters fit in to me these people should have been in this movie and everybody else involved don't fit into this movie including our bounty hunter mr duke I like the idea. Yeah, he could of have been the Loomis like throughout this whole time, but, there, just... but we didn't get that, yes. and, and that's okay. I think the previous entries were just meant to be fun and promiscuous and 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 just gory and and, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's pretty much it maybe he didn't need a story it seems that adam marcus really thought long and hard about this and wanted to create sort of a final backstory as to why he got to live this whole time but they kept it in tradition and still just slipped it in there just for one scene giving us our campers who still no matter what is told to them is obsessed with being in the presence of Jason by going to Camp Crystal Lake, fucking their brains out until they get killed. And like, I mean, what's a Jason movie without that? They just had to squeeze it in. I do like the homage of the camp. I like that. I like that we saw the Camp Crystal Lake sign dilapidated and hanging off. This movie evidently was originally 130 minutes, and I could probably tell because there is so much to this movie. They, I feel like it's overloaded. It's overloaded. Matter of fact, there's a character, I'm just gonna tell you her name, Victoria. No idea what her name was. She's one of the waitresses. She's the one that kind of like out of nowhere seems like she's gonna be the final She knows girl how to use she it. She fucking pulls yeah. out a shotgun behind the, and then she goes Buffy all of a sudden and pulls out a, a pole and I rams have a feeling. it into Jason, I have a feeling she killed. was like undercover from the FBI. I've got her as a secret agent man and was literally just playing it cool until Jason arose. But you know what's funny is that we go through this whole thing about, you know, Jason's body is missing. We've got more dead people. Clearly Jason's out there. And yet this huge SWAT team that we got in the beginning is nowhere to be found. It's now just left to the locals to deal with what's going on. And I understand the confusion of the body snatching, but at the same time, I'm really shocked that the whole government wasn't involved again with with figuring out what's going on. No, I'm confused. It's like so many characters, and then you think that she's going to be one of... It can't be... Okay, so I know I'm going all over, but we get the, yeah. the mother, Diane, right? She's the waitress originally. She's killed off. Okay, then it's going to her daughter, the blonde. But then at the same time, this Vicky is in all the scenes. She's taking the baby who's the, the granddaughter. She does these things. 
eh, I guess it's just a cool character that oh, was it's, able it's, to hold it's, her it's own. So, it's so Julie much, from West Craven's Too much Craven's going on. No, she's the badass babysitter. See, you get that response. Oh, exactly. We all we get that one yes. cool character who's just legit and we love her and we wish her to stay alive and she does it. Every movie needs one, so I guess she was that for this movie. Other things that happen in this movie, Rob. Well, I I enjoy the fact that you know, again, like I said earlier, everyone is aware of Jason and like what he's capable of and what he's done. And this diner has chosen to capitalize on this by uh, creating a menu catered to Jason. And and they're, you know, living it up for the tourists that come in that clearly want to be close to the lake. And I totally get this. I think this is a wonderful um, venture. I think they they knew exactly what yeah, it is they were doing. Attraction. And we also get Leslie Jordan as the most masculine man I've ever seen in the movie. Like, honest, I've never <laughs> seen him like this. He's even got a full head of hair. Leslie, if you're listening to this episode, this man knew how to handle a the gun. He on. was just, you know, playing this 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 man this owner this co-owner this <laughs> cook this i mean he was just oh i loved i loved him in this movie i like again the diner characters were more interesting and maybe because it is leslie but they're more interesting than half the characters that we got like the male lead i know friday films it's always about the, the female lead but the female leads in this movie were blah to me too the male <laughs> lead i called katie lang he was there i mean he got his fingers broken by duke in prison and he does that i mean that made him actually handcuff move he does yeah. with cuffs so well, so but he's okay you got a letterman that jacket he that he wears throughout the whole movie it, it was just the most annoying thing to look at throughout the whole thing because how yeah, old I have is no he idea. really supposed but, to be you know he, he comes off as the geeky person you know but he has also been around the block he's obviously been married to our lead woman and he's a new father and he's you know accused of killing people and all that jazz so he has like a little bit of a rep but he looks like a sweetheart from the outside you don't really see much of him like saving the day but there are moments where he kind of like shines with confidence and like heroism and all this stuff you know he's sacrificing broken fingers and then he gets arrested and he has cuffs on and they're put on to where his arms are tied behind his back. Now, when the shit hits the fan, he needs to, you know, help. So he does this alley-oop. He just jumps like he's, like, in a jump rope competition and pulls his arms under his feet. He was able to get his feet that high and not, like, fall to his face. Like, I would have gotten on the ground and then just, like, stretched and tried to get my He did one smooth oh, yes. jump and was able to get his arms from the back of his from the back of him to the front so he can handle a gun. I thought this was a sweet ass move. He's got talent that we are not privy to. And just by looking at him, you you just wouldn't think that he was capable. But he was an okay leading guy, I thought. Forgettable though. I feel like half the people are forgettable in this movie. Besides Duke. Yeah, no, no, no I get it. Yeah. So what really stood out to me about this that was a kind of disappointing is that with this idea of this body snatching sort of you know exposition we don't get jason in this movie he is literally in it for a total of maybe no. 
12 minutes, maybe even lower than that. He's in the beginning and he's in the end. That's it. That's the only time we get to see Jason. And if not, it's in a mirror reflection. Until he, when he gets Mama Diane's body that was just there, he miraculously transforms into well, that yeah, yeah. So Jason he was able before to he died. Get into a host. So, so the thing is, is that, you know, we're sitting here watching these random people just kill in sort of Jason fashion, but we came here to see Jason, to watch the actual being kill people yes. and we didn't get that we were robbed yes. of this along with my goddamn silver mask but i just think it kind of sucks that we didn't even get jason in this movie so i mean this is how you want to end the legacy by like removing him from the entire film so yeah jason ends up crawling out of this dead host and ends up in under the under the house where this Ugh. dead body i don't know why the mom's body is there because they I mean, we didn't mention characters because there is, honestly, there's a lot of effing characters in this movie. The newsman that was dating the daughter who was possessed by Jason too. He took the body to, originally he said he took the body so Jason would come for is it. That what then happened? he gets murdered by Jason along the lines. In the Voorhees I told you it's the dad's side. That Mom exists. didn't have any, you know, claim to this. Like, But was dad into S&M sex? Because Jason straps one of the cops to a table naked. Like, why did Jason okay, have to well, take we'll that cop's to clothes that, off? We have... We'll get to that later. No, <laughs> I just want to. I just want to finish. So, like, he he takes over Diana's body, and therefore he resurrects his own body again. So this is how we get Jason towards the end, which makes no sense. Because where did the mask? Come <laughs> well, it's from? supernatural at this time, you know. Like <laughs> everything that happened before his body blew up gets resurrected. So the mask, the clothes, all of it is is just all of that pops out of this woman's body because you know he got what he wanted. I mean, that's just the thing. But okay, well, now we can discuss this whole weirdness of Jason. So we get sort of this like Nightmare 2 Freddy's Revenge scene where a man is stripped naked and going through this ritual of, of having his face shaved clean off of any facial hair before this Jason can switch bodies into him. He doesn't do that for anyone else it's only him no no and that's it's just makes, done in this ritual and so it, that really is never really explained either but maybe it has to be done the very first time he does it aside from him eating the heart because after that then he's clear to do it anytime but the shaving of the face and him being naked while this happens didn't make sense at all and okay and even if we're to believe this is the same jason up to this point this is the same jason when have you ever seen jason to one take off someone's clothes to know how to tie somebody down especially the straps on this table with metal shave somebody put shaving cream on first again it's a very like they big just process but scenes, the point scenes. that i want to bring from this is that this movie has a lot of homosexual and gay tendencies in this there's a lot there's a lot and of i angles. still didn't like it. yeah uh, there's <laughs> a lot of like innuendo and things kind of shoved into this let's also bring the fact that when he is switching bodies from person to person they're all men so like even this demon is sexist as fuck he doesn't want to take over any female bodies not even vicky's tough buffy ass nope i just want men so throughout this whole movie you see man-on-man -man action they're constantly <laughs> locking lips with each other and not in a kissing way, but I mean, these men are touching lips. I mean, we get this throughout the whole movie, even when 
Creighton was like breaking Steve's fingers. Yes, because did you see my face? I'm like, oh, he's like they're he like holding like hands. Caressing I'm like, what is his this? Hand before breaking it, and it was very sensual in this whole like jail porn scenario that was being played out, but. You know, it, it yeah, th- there was a lot going on in the in in the gayness of it all. There there was tons of it. I like that it was nothing for Steven. It was like it meant nothing. He didn't get creeped out. He didn't care. This man was rubbing up on his hands. <laughs> to me, that's the kind of things I like to see. You know, like it meant nothing yeah. until he started yeah, breaking yeah. his fingers, but Well, honestly, this little nugget here goes with your Deadite thing from earlier, Rob. The Freddy versus Jason versus Ash comics. Steven appears, evidently. And we learn that Jessica has died. And the now teenage Stephanie is having nightmares about her great uncle, Jason Voorhees. And then he spends thousands of dollars getting psychiatric help for his daughter, Steven. Eventually, he takes her to this doctor who is forming a group of people who have survived Jason and Freddy. Freddy Krueger attacks. Ah, That's actually really interesting. We'll definitely bring in the tie-in of Freddy versus Jason in our uh, in in the soon episode. Yes, we'll bring in that tie-in too. But apparently, Freddy, Jason, and the Evil Dead series all share the same universe, and that'll be really interesting to talk about in that film. We'll get David's opinion about it too. Um, So, look, watching this movie today, you know, were we bored? I think we had a good time, but do you think that we were hate watching it? Not not on purpose, not on purpose. I really did go in wanting to enjoy it more. But honestly, after a while, when it was just just like, bam, 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 random, random shit, I was just like, okay, this is what I remember. That's fair. Uh, The music kind of kept me in. You know, they still played a lot of Jason S music. I thought that was that was cool. Yes. I think the kills were hilarious. I thought they were fun. Uh, I'll tell you, some of the kills got applause. I'm sure one of them almost got a standing O. If it, if honestly, if it was called for in the theater, allowed it, they would have done it. When that waitress woman got elbowed in the mouth and her mouth caved in, because oh. everybody thought that she was just such the bitch of it all. Like everybody, yeah. not necessarily hated her, but she clearly was just in a world of her own. She didn't like babies. She was saying fuck you to everybody. She was just rude. To her husband like everybody just could not stand this woman she would not shut up and so when she got elbowed in the mouth this theater went freaking crazy with laughter and applause they were just so happy somebody took her out it happened so quick but it made the biggest impact so i just gotta give kudos to the actress who played her because she clearly made a heavy impression this is rusty schwimmer playing Joey B, the owner of the restaurant. He is the Joey B in Joey B's. Yes, she kills it. She kills it, and I love her. The makeup, the the clip-on earrings, that, oh, everything about this woman is gold. I love her for this. (laughs) If we had more of her, if we had more of the diner people, I say cut out the whole subplot of the jail, the coroner. They could have just had Jason one more time looking for his sister, Okay, blah, blah, blah. Cut out the body swapping point. I'll take the dagger, I guess. But there's there's too much for a final movie, like you're saying, in this movie, Rob. Too much. Too much going on. Too much mythos to just go, you saw eight movies prior to this? Boom! No, this is actually really what it is. Unless it's a Halloween H2O 
Halloween 2000. And they just skipped all the other ones. Well, I mean, yes, that I would have I, taken. I didn't. I didn't mind their use of location. You know, them running around. It still doesn't really explain how Jason just gets from point A to point B all the time. But at the same time, they tried to provide enough action. I think there were a bigger body count than we're used to seeing, which I can also appreciate. Yes, the melting of the cop I thought was a great effect. That was disgusting. Oh, yes. I thought that was gross. The final scene with the showdown and whatnot and the whole Alice uh, callback of the slow motion kill with the knife, I thought was also pretty cool. Yes, yes. Uh, overall, the movie is not one of my favorites, but it's not my least favorite. And we'll talk about that on the very last week of this tour. So overall, I mean, this movie was meant to be fun not necessarily lighthearted, but it was supposed to give us a little bit of closure because they really wanted to shut it down after this. And I got to commend Adam Marcus for attempting to do something substantial and not make it completely ridiculous as to, oh, he's struck by lightning. He's strong as shit. He cannot be stopped. There you have it. He actually attempted to do something. It's just the execution just was not interesting. Yes, I think you're right. Execution and too much too much so rob some facts about this the in the original script jason's hell baby was going to be human size and it could be seen in the trailer as well as a few photos i've seen they actually built a human size hell baby as they call it this is the worm that as i love to call it the freaking yeah. worm during the climax when jason fights steven in the yard there is a there's a jungle gym and that is the from the film the birds which i think oh, is really oh cool. i was wondering why that random ass play thing was there <laughs> like what is happening <laughs> and they really featured that too you're right they really made a point yeah. to show that in the Voorhees house is a green crate that is the crate from creep show. okay very cool and a lot of deleted scenes from this in the original script. They can be found on YouTube for anybody who's looking for that. Evidently, all the, the deleted scenes. Now, for anyone who owns the DVD, I also want to point out that for most some of the film, Ryan was actually viewing the unrated version. And there is a huge difference than what you see. Oh, my God. Um, yes. Very huge with kills, with sex scenes, with uh, some language. There is a definite difference. So if you happen to get a hold of the unrated, you might be more entertained with that version versus the one that you can catch on HBO now so, or Max, excuse me, or any of the HBO stuff. So if you do subscribe to HBO, you can watch this for free. Uh, it is available on there. So just keep that in mind if you decide to watch it. But it's no unrated version and Ryan got to see a lot more. <laughs> Ooh, that's, there was a sex scene. There was and the death in the tents, that poor woman, Jason splits her in half. I did not know that was the thing. I must have just seen the unrated version back in the, I mean, the rated version. Well, back she in the went day. out smashing. But, and if anybody had to pick a way to go out, I'm sure that's the way to do it. So good for her. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so excited to get to next week that this could just be a forgotten chapter in this franchise. Not that next week is any better, but I'll take next week over Jason Goes to Hell. We're talking about Jason yes, X. Jason week, X. Jason, Jason in space. space. Yes, we will find out what happens. And what sucks about this is that this movie came out before the immediate response to the funny ending that we got in yes. Jason Goes to Hell. We expected a follow-up to what was given to 
us at the end of this film and we never got yeah. because it was in production hell trying to think of a story for, for years, years. It just for took years. forever and you know do like if you got to do it right obviously take the time but in between all of this we get a trip in space so we'll definitely talk about that next week but yeah at the end of this film jason goes to hell and a previous icon just managed to go to hell not too long before him so it just made perfect sense that Freddy's hand comes out of the ground oh, and grabs God, yes. the mask and drags it down making him officially in hell as you hear freddy's laugh cue the credits let me tell you that this theater went fucking nuts nuts okay i missed the opportunity to see freddy's dead in theaters because my friends wouldn't take me and i was too young to go by myself i was pissed i feel like freddy's dead and jason goes to hell are the same movie and yeah i just was so mad that i didn't get to go so seeing freddy's hand come out blew my mind but this theater went crazy but the theories start happening what is gonna happen are there gonna be another one are they gonna be in a movie together like that's all that we could talk about living through that time was amazing for those who did not get to experience it please be jealous and envious of my being because you missed out on just the excitement and the anticipation waiting for an answer to this at first it was just a joke like this was not planned they had no plans to make a Jason and Freddy movie ever. We'll talk about this when we do the movie, but oh, it was it was great. It was great. Love that ending. Then you're waiting, and then a few years later you go into the movie theaters and say, wait, is that Jason? Why does he look like that? <laughs> Jason yeah. X. <laughs> so Rob, when you're not hanging out over here, where can the lovely radical people find Currently, you? Currently, I am doing Movie Geek and Proud. It is a movie podcast. And for the summer, we are doing a summer camp and other movie tour. Uh, thematically, every week we are reviewing a film that takes place at either a summer camp or other activities that happen during the summer whether you're going to school or doing a summer job. And so I've been doing that all summer. And then I also just finished a a season of Brunch with the Hollowells, which is covering the Charmed original series. We wrapped up season six, and right now it is currently on break. But I believe in a few weeks, we'll we'll be starting season seven um, on September 5th. So if you haven't listened to our podcast, definitely check those out, catch up, and yeah, we'll definitely be around for the rest of the year i believe too so and you can always reach the radical retro rewind podcast one word on instagram as well as youtube and and you can find us pretty much everywhere on most podcast apparatuses (laughs) rob are you ready for Jason I am so ready for this because I actually have a little place in my heart for it so we'll definitely talk about it it has one of the best creative kills that Jason's ever done in the entire series and it has the most lovable and likable robot ever in film history god yes yes, I love her I, I will have some positive things to contrast against Ryan so I think it'll be a very fun review so Rob's back next week and then the week after we are doing for the first time ever all three co-hosts are together for freddy versus jason i get to podcast with david i'm so excited if it's been waiting we are going to (laughs) 
overthrow you and cause mutiny and throw you out of the show and it'll be the david and rob show <laughs> and then following that everybody we're bringing it back to a reboot and rob will be back to finish off this friday franchise see you next time radical ones <laughs> bye bye Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.